0: Welcome! Come in! Join me by the fire, won't you? Yes, have a seat in that comfy chair. I have many stories to share. Here, on the fear of the (laughs) mind (laughs) greater. to the world of your own terrifying imagination. Since the beginning of time, people have argued about the existence of ghosts. They've been called variously wraiths, specters, phantoms, apparitions, shadows or shades. But everyone agrees that if there are such things as ghosts, they are the souls of dead persons, haunting living persons. And that's what our story is about ghosts. No one, Mr. Garth, whether professional ghost hunters or ordinary people, have ever been able to spend an entire night in that house. Well, how many have tried, Mr. Flanders? Well, I know of at least a dozen. And That's within the past two years. Well, did you get any reports from the professionals? Most well, sketchy ones. But they all say the same thing. That whatever or whoever it is that haunts that house, the manifestations are the most powerful and evil in their experience. They all mention nameless
1: horrors.
0: Our mystery drama, A Ghostly Game of Death, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Murray Burnett and stars William Prince. It is sponsored in part by Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, brewers of Budweiser, and by the Kellogg Company, makers of Kellogg's Special K cereal. I'll be back shortly with Act One. (laughs) Nameless horrors. A nice phrase. But as soon as you put a name and identity to horrors, somehow they prove bearable. In the last century, people have shown that they can and do bear up under mass genocide and atomic bombings but the horror that is nameless, that is the most fearful of all. And our spine-tingler will try to put a name to one kind of horror.
2: You are not real. There are no such things as ghosts. I'm just imagining things. But I see you. I see you. Now don't. Don't hurt me. Whatever you are. Please, stay away from me. You want me to leave the house? I will. I will, if that's what you want. Just, please let me by. I'll go right down the stairs, walk out of the house, and never come back, if that's what you want. Please. Still, don't touch me. Let me out.
0: That's what all the papers say, Mr. Garth. But we know better. It's ghosts. That house is haunted. Mr. Flanders, my field of study is the super... <laughs> but I can't even begin to tell you whether I can help or not until you get control of yourself. I'm sorry, but this whole thing is just about putting off for I'm out of business. What is the house, Mr. Flanders. Do you have anything on the history of the house? Yes. It was built in the early 1800s by a sea captain named Ephraim Hatch for himself and his bride, a young lady named Lucy Endicott. And they lived in it for some four years until the tragedy. You have the details? Well, Captain Hatch was supposedly a hellraiser in his youth, but also a great seafaring man. He was in whaling and, if the rumors are true, slave trading. At any rate, he amassed a fortune... He fell in love with this Endicott girl who was the town beauty, married her, settled down, and built this house. Mm -hmm. It's a tragedy. Well, the story goes as nearly as we can piece it together. that the captain returned from one of his voyages earlier than expected and found his bride entertaining a lover. He killed them both. Horribly. And ever since, the house has been haunted and unlivable. We're building a condominium... This house is a key location, right in the middle of the property we own. We can't even get records to tear it down. No one will go near the place. You keep telling me that no one has lived in the house. What about this girl who just died? There? Oh, that was a stupid idea of my partner's. Her name was Roberta Ginley, a television reporter. She wanted to make a name for herself, and my partner sold me on the idea that if she spent a night in the house and then went on television and told people about it, our problems would be solved. And now we're in a worse mess than before. That's why we came to you. Well, there you are, gentlemen. The haunted house. Well, is it always this windy, Mr. Flanders? No, Mr. Kelly. Only when the wind blows the east off the ocean. Well, for a haunted house... It looks substantial enough. Well, shall we go up to the house, Mr. Flanders? Um, why don't you two go? I'll wait for you here. You'll be quite safe, Mr. Flanders. It's broad daylight. Jim Kelly here has been with me in more haunted places and dealt with more ghosts than any man, except myself. And don't forget Byron. Byron is my dog, Mr. Flanders. And like me, he doesn't believe in ghosts. Huh? Do you, Byron? Oh, uh, I'm not scared, Kentland. It's just that I've seen the house so many times. I've (laughs) well, I don't want to influence you. uh, (coughs) Uh, Let's go, Byron. (coughs) You bring all our gifts in? Well, it's back at the motel. We won't need it until tonight. Huh? Wow. They certainly built solid houses in the old days. Look at this door. (coughs) What? What? Take it easy, Byron. Boy, everything's okay. You got the keys right here. In we go. In we go. Come on now, Byron. Come on. We're on our way to meet the ghost.
1: Tim,
0: keep Byron quiet. Sit. Sit, Byron. Come on, sit. I don't think we should bother the downstairs. Let's go up and see where we're going to sleep tonight. All right, I'm with you. Come along, Byron. Oh, this looks like the master's bedroom. I'll sleep here. All right, I'll sleep in this little alcove here, right, right off your room. Fire What is the matter with you? I wouldn't try to take him into that alcohol, Tim. He can stay in this room with me tonight. All right, all right. Hey, there's a door here leading outside to what you call the widow's walk. Want to come out and look around? I'll be right with you. Just checking the fireplace. You're going to need logs. Okay. Where's the door? Ah, it's right here. It hasn't been open in a long time. No, what of you? Look at that ocean. Any woman waiting out here to see her husband's ship come in might be blown away. And what Flanders? The wife wasn't too anxious for her husband to return. <laughs> That's right. She was too busy entertaining her lover. Oh, my. Oh, my. You go the rail. Oh, all right. Thanks, Scott. had not caught me. I, I would have gone off. What happened? Oh, nothing. Nothing. I. uh... I don't know. I just. I Lost my balance. Come on, Jim. We know each other better than that. What happened? I really don't know, Alex. I swear. I thought someone pushed me. Mr. Garth, I'm not at all sure I'm doing the right thing, and I'll understand if you don't want to go through with this. I'll pay all your expenses to date. You're uh, concerned about my safety? Yes. A real estate deal is important, but not that important. Mr. Flanders, you have nothing on your conscience. Tim and I will spend the night in the house, and by tomorrow, the ghost should be at rest. And you think there is a ghost? Well, of course. I just don't believe in its malevolence. Have you taken care of the wooden logs for the fireplaces? The men wouldn't go into the house, but uh, you'll find plenty of firewood outside the door. Fine. Then I'll be on my way. Uh, I've never seen Byron act like this. Hmm. Something to think about. Well, I've been with you on about 50 of these haunted house deals. You think there's something different about this one? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. heard that sort of moan before. According to you, Alex, it's a ghost in pain. It is. (laughs) Sounds like the evening's entertainment is about to start. Tim? Yes, Alex? We've worked together for a long time, and we get along so well because I respect your disbelief in the supernatural. Yeah, which has come in handy when I uncovered a few tape recorders and other little tape devices. Right, right, but for your own sake, Tim... There's something about this house that seems different. Now, please, be careful. Huh? You're trying to scare me? I don't think that's possible. (laughs) Right, right. Now, how about some wood for my fire? Oh, whoever you are, if you're trying to scare us, it's not going to work. You know, in all the years we've been working together, Alex, I've yet to see a ghost. But you've heard them. Oh, so you tell me. You talk with them. I just hear noises, and sometimes they're man-made. Mm-hmm, and sometimes not. Uh, would you strike a match, please? Ah, that's better. Huh. Get some of the chill off the room. In the fireplace always seem to make a room more cheerful. The electricity must have been installed around, oh, I guess the turn of the century. <laughs> huh? Well, I've seen brighter lights, but at least. We yeah, have light and candles. Oh, did I share mine with you? No, I have a supply back in my room. Oh, all right. Ah, right, here we go again. Spirit wrapping. Oh, now I've made it angry. Listen to me, whoever you are. My name is Alex Garth. I would like to help you, but I can't unless. Doesn't want to talk to you, evidently, Alex. We'll see. Although you're my friend in the lie, you are often a disturbing influence. Now, I won't deny that I'm an unbeliever. So I'll turn in now that the fire's going, and you can go back to your side of the room and commune with the spirit. And with each other, Jim. We'll check with each other as we always do. That racket going on has Byron gone bananas. So I'm trying to quiet him. (laughs) Easy, boy, easy. It's all over. Tim, is there any way we can get Byron out of here? He's beginning to throttle the mouth. He's covered with perspiration. Well, I don't want to let him out now. He'll just get lost. He'll get over it when he sees nothing's happening. Hey... What? My my just went out. How are yours? Going. Going. Go. Easy, boy. Easy. I know you're in trouble. Please, let me help you. If you'll show yourself, I could help you. i helped others. Believe me. Is your name Lucy... Lucy Endicott, if you are Lucy, would you rap twice? Can you? <laughs>
1: fire, fire, come here, come here, come here, right? There.
0: Lucy, you're frightening a dumb animal. You, you're not frightening me. I'm sure you don't want to terrify a beast. Who's never done you any harm. Siren, come here out of that corner. Come to me. Good luck. Good luck. Come on. Come on. Alex, the fire's going out in here. So we go to the candles. You plenty of matches, haven't you? Yeah, I'm fine, but I'm really worried about fire Oh, somebody's playing games. i tried try to find the fuse box if I could, but... Hey. What is it, Jim? Well, whoever's at the controls is pretty good. A nice cold gust of wind just blew out the match I was using to light the candle. Well, I've got a couple of candles lit. You want one? Oh, no, thanks. I'm not scared of the dark. Ah, that's pounding. That's a new one, isn't it, Alex? It's new to me. It isn't spirit wrapping. Sounds like someone wants in. Mm. You want to go down and open the door? Oh, no chance. Hey, Alex, your side of the room is rocking like a boat? I'm steady as a
1: rock.
0: Was that Byron? Yes. What happened? I'm not sure. He's, he's dead, Tim. What? His neck seems to have been broken. Tim. Did you hear me? I said Byron is dead. Tim, are you all right? Tim, Tim, what is it? Run, run, run for your life. Each man has his own nightmare. Something from which he will run driven by the secret whips of his own fears. But I suspect that Alex Garth could not tell you what it was that Tim Kelly ran from that night in the house that faced the thief. We'll be back shortly with Act too. <laughs> Alex Garth. Authority on the Supernatural has undertaken to spend a night in a house so demon-ridden that workmen have even refused to tear it down. Deserted by his friend and ally, Tim Kelly, who fled in terror from unknown fears, Darth knew that he had to face the rest of the night alone as the heavy outer door boomed closed behind Tim Kelly. show yourself now, I promise not to run away like my friends. You'll never find peace unless you let me help you. There can be no rest for you except through me. Do you think you're being punished for some sin you committed when you were alive? That isn't you. Is it, Lucy? Please, let me help you. I will not let you in and I will not leave this house. Locking the room doesn't frighten me. I'm not afraid. Mr. Cargain, we've split a tough callers. Keep her steady or I'll kill you. That letter I received in Trinidad tells me that my Lucy, my wife,
1: is it carrying on under the roof of the house of a
0: super with young John Roger. So, Mr. Coggins, we're gonna drive for home and to hell with the storm. Nightmares. We've all experienced them. But I venture to say that none of us has experienced the horrible sights, shapes, and sounds that Alex Garth saw and heard in that dark room of the haunted house for the next hour. And when he still held hard to his sanity and what remained of his courage, the apparitions changed in character. Garth no longer knew what was real and what was fantasy. He later told me that he may even have fallen asleep, hard as that may be to believe.
2: Alex? Alex, Garth? Lucy. I am, Lucy. Am I not fair, Alex Garth? Yes. Even beautiful?
0: Very beautiful.
2: Would you not like to touch me, Alex?
0: Even if I wanted to, I could not.
2: You think I am cold and, and repulsive. That is what you think. John, tell Alex how nice I am to touch. You are very nice to the touch, Lucy.
0: Was John your lover?
2: You do nothing but ask questions,
0: Alex Garth. What should I do, Lucy?
2: Make me feel once more
0: the touch of a man. A man you love. And... Lucy, you're in torment. I can only give you peace. Torment? Why should I be unhappy?
2: I live here in my house, and... and, Of course, we were naughty, John, and I. We tried to frighten you. But that was only because I don't like strangers in my home. Apologize to Alex, John.
0: This is a childish game you're playing, Lucy.
2: But I adore games. I love games. Come dance a minuet with me, Alex.
0: The music lovely, Alan. I don't dance the minuet, Lucy. John,
2: you dance with me. This was how John and I first met. Doesn't he dance
0: beautifully, Alan? Very beautifully.
2: Remember, John? Remember how you looked at me that night?
0: Yes. And that old witch Hannah saw it and wrote the letter to your husband. Oh,
2: not to John. It was much later... Look at me that way again, John. you're no fun. No fun anymore at all, John. Alex, you come and dance with me. No, thank you. You are afraid, Alex.
0: Yes, I am afraid. John, you heard. He is afraid. I said I was afraid, Lucy, but not terrified.
2: Tettlesticks, You play with words, Alex Garth.
0: And you want me to play ghostly games with death, don't you, Lucy?
2: Alex Alex Garth, wake up.
0: (laughs) I wasn't asleep.
2: You are here to drive me from my home.
0: Are you happy in your home, Lucy?
2: I will not leave. You shall fail. Others have tried. Would you like to see what happened to those others? I have a mirror you can look into in my room. Just down the hall. Look in that mirror if you dare.
0: I think I've been given a fairly good idea already.
2: Leave this house, Alex. For your own
0: sake, leave. Tomorrow morning, Lucy.
2: Tomorrow will be too late. Alex Garth's room of duck-spinning. There. Yeah, that's better, isn't it? I'm
0: still busy.
2: I warned you. Now, Alex Garth, now, look at me. Good Lord! You do not find me beautiful now, Alex Garth. Not now with the blood flowing from the wounds inflicted on me by when he murdered me.
1: Not
2: murdered, executed. You would not like to kiss me now, Alex Scott. Stay where you are. You need not worry about my blood staining your clothes. It will not even show. Stay away. Stay away. I warned you, Alex Scott. You think no one would wish to embrace me now, with the cuts and wounds and blood disfiguring me. Is that what you thought? I am not listening. Someone will wish to kiss me. Someone who loves me. I
1: will kiss
2: you, Lucy. I will embrace you. And I will embrace you, John, my love. Even with the blood flowing from your poor I can't look. I can't. It will do you no good to put your hands over your eyes, Alex. You will still see the
0: bloody lovers kissing No, I won't witness this horror. My thoughts are mine. And are real. You're phantoms and you
2: don't exist. For many we don't. But you know that we do. We are here. And we are real. And the only way you can banish us from your mind's eye is to run. Run, as your wise friend did. Run and you'll see us no more. No.
0: No, Lucy. I'm not leaving this house. <coughs>
2: the carriage bearing me to the burial ground, Alex. If you open your eyes, you can see into the coffin. The undertaker did a of fine job. I looked almost as pretty as I did before I died. I was wearing the dress you see seen in Alex, and the only mourner, father who wasn't afraid of my husband's wrath, the only person who didn't believe I was a wanton you believe that? Yes. You do?
0: Yes. For everyone feared Captain Hatch. And you, Lucy, most of all, you still fear him.
2: No. Oh, why won't you go?
0: Like you, Lucy, I am bound.
2: How bound?
0: By my knowledge, by my pride, by knowing if I leave now... I failed.
2: You have stayed longer than anyone.
0: Not long enough.
2: You mustn't stay. What you have seen, it. it will be worse and dangerous for you. Even more
0: dangerous. And mean you're afraid for me? Yes. Why?
2: You really don't know. Of course not. But you've seen, John. Have you not noticed that you are very alike?
0: Well, I really hadn't looked that closely. Would you? No, no, I believe you. Then
2: you must see how dangerous it is for you now.
0: Then help me.
2: I cannot.
0: If you would trust me and tell me what the control is, I could help.
2: You're very wise, Alex, but this is something beyond your wisdom. Try me. It's impossible. I am held here by forces stronger than yours.
0: How do you know what my powers are?
2: I told you, you are not the first who has been here. But you are the bravest. And your courage will destroy you. Mm. Mm. Hello. Mr. Flanders?
0: Who's there? What are you doing? Flanders, I owe an apology. I owe Alex a lot more than that. Mr. Flanders, you've got to get Alex out of that house. What happened? Just get him out. It's four o'clock in the morning, Kelly. You woke me up. I'm not quite functioning yet. What do you see? What's in that house? Demons. I thought you didn't believe in ghosts. No, but I believe in evil. And, Mr. Flanders, in that house, you can actually feel the presence of evil. It's all around you and it's dangerous now oh, listen kelly god knew what he was getting into it's up to him to handle it i tell
1: you his life is at
0: stake well if you're convinced of that then it's up to you to do something about it not to run away this entrepreneur brand logo was done by a top freelancer on fiverr it is simply wow and those stylized
2: Alex Garth, yet you are afraid to test
0: them. What kind of test do you propose?
2: The mirror. The mirror in my room.
0: Let's go. Well,
2: come along. I'm warning you, Alex Garth. Oh, wait a second. (laughs) Your death machine will not help
0: you. Death machine? Oh, you mean the revolver.
2: Call it what you like. It spits fire and noise and has been used stupidly by stupid people against us. Surely you know better, Alex Garth.
0: Well, it gives me something to hold on to. Come on.
2: You could try to hold on to me.
0: This, this is your room?
2: You fear to go in?
0: Oh, I'm wondering what it is about this room that... This is the room Tim ran out of, isn't it?
2: The mirror is over here. Now, look in the mirror, Alex Garth. Look well. See, Alex Garth? Is that you, Lucy? Mm-hmm. It is I, Alex. Is a very young girl. And your schoolmates. Who are they? Schoolmates.
0: Is John among them?
2: Look. Look in the mirror.
0: I... You can't make out the faces. Now, you're grown. I... I can't. Oh!
1: No! No!
0: Mirror, mirror on the wall. What did the hunter of ghosts, Alex Garth, see in the mirror that so terrified him he lost his head and shot at the images in the glass? I'll be back shortly to tell you what Garth saw when I return with Act Three. Some people believe in ghosts. Some very thoughtful people. There are others who say if you believe in ghosts, you will see ghosts. And Alex Garth, expert on the supernatural, is not only seeing, but talking to ghosts. As experienced and as cool a ghost hunter as Alex Garth, has just committed the childish act of firing his revolver into a mirror, shattering the glass into a million pieces, and doing the same to his composure. Stupid,
2: stupid, stupid. Breaking the mirror isn't going to change anything, Alex Garth. The only thing you can do is leave.
0: I'm not leaving, Lucy, until dawn.
2: If you stay, your mind becomes a mirror. A mirror for all the things you don't want to look
0: at. Well, if I have to look, I will.
2: Then farewell, Alex Scott. You and I will see each other. But we can no longer talk until you join us. Join you? You are doomed. You will join John and me here in my home for all eternity. And God help you, Alex Garth, because I no longer can.
0: Lucy, Lucy, is that you. Lucy, my darling, my love. I I must go now. No,
2: no. Please stay a little longer. Just a little longer, dear heart. Why did you marry him, Lucy? my love, he laughed and he never said a word. How could I, Lucy? You know I didn't have a penny. You could have told me you loved me. He knew that. He knew
0: it all the time we were growing up.
2: Sometimes when people grow up, they change, John. And I was afraid you no longer cared for me.
0: That's why you married the captain.
2: I didn't want to be an old maid.
0: Oh, there was no chance of
2: that. I was afraid... I was afraid, John. He he was so strong. John, I'm going to have a child. What? I'm going to have a baby, John. You're a baby. You? You're sure? I'm sure.
0: Then we have to leave. You must come away with me, Lucy.
2: Where will we go?
0: West. To a new place. For a fresh start. Somewhere where Ethan can't find us.
2: There is no such place. Of course there
0: is. Lucy, you know what will happen if Ephraim discovers that.
2: Ephraim won't be home for at least a week. He was in Trinidad the last I heard. Lucy! Okay. Lucy, okay, please! Go on. Come on down! No, no, no! What do we do? Hide! I need okay. I Where? Anywhere! Quick! There, in my wardrobe, behind my gown. Lucy! Okay. Coming, Ephraim. Just getting my robe. Live streaming can be tricky, and sometimes trying to find the right software. Don't
0: be wasting your time, Lucy. It's been four months since I've seen you last. All right, Lucy. Where is he? Who? John Rogers, your lover.
2: Have you gone mad, Ephraim?
0: Aye, maybe mad with jealousy. Stop lying and tell me where he is. You're
2: hurting me.
0: Aye, and I'll be hurting you a lot more unless you tell me where he is.
2: Who put those terrible ideas into your head.
0: The Widow Davies, that's who.
2: And you believe that old gossip.
0: Tell me she
2: lies. Tell me.
0: Here. her lie. I Lie there and snivel whilst I roust out your fancy man from wherever he's cowering.
2: There's no one here. God is my witness. No, fine. He can't hear God.
0: Well, for your sake, I hope you're right. But the widow told me she saw him sneaking into this house
2: tonight. He lied. She lied.
0: Maybe. And now. How about your wardrobe? <laughs>
2: I am with child. Get up
0: on your feet.
2: The child is yours, Ephraim. Your child.
0: You think I'll have my wife carrying another man's child? No. Oh,
2: uh-huh. You'll be killing your own child. Liar. Cheat. Stop. 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 stop.
0: <laughs> He's here. The man who got you with child. Then come here and Stop me. Come on. No. You know I can't do that. Can't? You mean you won't? You know as well as I do I've never had anything to do with your wife. Just as you know very well who I am, what I'm trying to do here. Then do it. I'll match my blade against your pistol any time. Captain.
2: No, John. No.
0: So, you came out at last, did you? Now,
1: tell me how you like the taste of steel. Oh,
0: here, yeah, have another drink, Garth You look at it, you need it Flanders, there isn't enough liquor in the world to warm me Not after what I saw at your house Then it is haunted by ghosts beyond anything in my experience Can you help me? I hope so, but I'm not sure I managed to stay the night, and I barely managed to survive. There's one room in the house that seems to be the focal point of all the manifestations. That's the room I believe was occupied by Captain Hatch's young wife, Lucy. That's the room from which Tim ran last night. And that's the room in which I saw things no man should ever have to see. And you propose to hire some workmen. Oh, that's impossible. I told you what happened when I, I had a workman. I can understand why no workmen around this area will go near the place. I intend to import a couple of men I've used before. Well, you could try it, but what would you want them to do? To dig into and around that room and see if we can find something that will account for the hauntings. We both well, you and I will be with him. Our correction. I hired you, Garth. You'll be with him. And report back to me. Hello? Flanders. This is Olive Garth. I'm calling you from a diner just down the roof from the house. With good news? Why do you need me? Well, for two reasons. One, I don't know what may have to be done to the house, which is your property. And two, I don't think one man can do all the necessary digging that may have to be done. Oh. That's what you mean about this room, hmm? Yeah, well, try not to think about this house or the stories about it. Just, Just hand me that hammer. What do you want with a hammer? I want to test these walls the floors. Is there's a secret passage or some nonsense like that? Well, I don't know what there is, but there must be something. you will have to take my word for it that what goes on in this house isn't an ordinary lost or restless spirit seeking solace. It's something that's planned and controlled. How? That's what I hope to find out. I think so. Listen. That sounds hollow. Yes. And the further down you go towards the floor, the hollower it sounds. Hand me that crowbar. Uh well, maybe we should let things be. Not if you want to rid the house of the ghosts. But what will we find? Lord knows. (coughs) Here goes. And uh, a wait. Can't you handle us for that? You're scared? Well, I think I'd feel better if I stepped outside. <laughs> be over in a minute. I, I don't think I'm going to be able to stand this. Well, just think of something else. You get a thought? Hold on to it. Well, I, well I, can, I can only think of the sea and the storm. And the ship driving And a woman... Slanders, ah, hold on to me. Hang on. Me. Look. Look, there's nothing down there but a room. Look. Look for yourself. God, why sh- why should I be so terrified? Why do I want to run? There are steps. Come on. No. You want me to go down? Come on. It's only an empty room. I'm not so sure. It's been- Come on. No. Steady now. Table. There's something on it. I know. Let's see. It's, a, it's just a plain saucer. Yeah, the saucer's is plain. But look what's in it. What is that stuff? Well, I'm not sure, but it looks to me like... Or something like mercury. I bet there's mercury in it. We'll have to have it analyzed. What's that on top of it? A needle. Look at its spin. I see. But don't you see anything else? No. Well, look under the saucer. Looks like a slip of paper. It does indeed. Let's have a look at it, if I can get it out without disturbing the... There we are. Just running on it. What does it say? As this needle, so moves my will. Accursed be this house and all who dwell therein. See to it that they find neither rest nor tranquility, but be doomed to eternal agony and torment beyond the ken of man and woman. To which I affix my seal and signature, Ephraim Hatch, Master of the Schooner, Lucy. Do you mean to tell me that this piece of paper and that sauce of liquid and a little the saucer be
1: careful oh. quick quick the ladder hurry hurry Flanders! <coughs> <coughs> the smoke I, I, I can't bring the ladder quickly I'm right behind you <coughs>
0: How do you say thanks to a man who saved your life? Oh, don't don't bother. You wouldn't have been down there in the first place if I hadn't been I owe it to you to get you out of there. God. Yes. I want to explain about my upsetting the saucer. I wouldn't say this to anyone except you, but I swear that something pushed my hand. Do you believe that? Yes, Boot, I believe it. And now your house is finished. Mm-hmm. The fire will see to there. For those of you who are skeptical about the existence of such things as ghosts, I have a suggestion. Find a house reputed to be haunted and spend the night there and then let me know about it. I'll be back shortly. Alex Garth is still an avid investigator of the supernatural. However, he has a curious reluctance to tell people about what he saw during the night he spent in that house on the New England coast. And he never admits that many times in the dead of night he sees again the face of Lucy lover, and the terrible sword of Captain Ephraim Hatch, and he awakens with his mouth open in a soundless scream. Our cast included William Prince, Ralph Bell, Joan Tyson, William Redfield, and Gil Mack. The entire production was under the pleasant dream... Welcome to the terrifying world of your own imagination. I would like to offer a few observations on the vagaries of the animal called man. Take the popular saying, seeing is believing. What idiot first said that? And how many idiots have repeated it since? Do you believe in love? Tell me the color of it. Do you believe in truth, goodness, mercy? What shapes do they come in? No, my friends. Seeing is not believing. Only believing is believing. And we'll prove it to you in the story that follows. The longer we're away from this earth, Alice, the less we rely on our senses. The senses, in a manner of speaking, start to fade little by little. They tell me this is quite normal. Actually, they tell me I'm a bit ahead of the game to be able to enjoy as much as I do.
3: Charles, when you say they, they tell you this and they tell you that, you mean...
0: I mean them, of course. All those.
3: The ones up there?
0: It isn't up there, Alice. And it isn't down there either.
3: Well, where is it?
0: It's simply there. Meaning, not here. I thought you knew that.
3: Are there a lot of... them?
0: Of course there are a lot of them. What would you expect? Our mystery drama, The Ghost at the Gate... Was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Elspeth Eric and stars Beatrice Strait. It is sponsored in part by Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, brewers of Budweiser. I'll be back shortly with Act One. With how much ease believe we what we wish? An English playwright named Dryden wrote that in the year 1679. Brilliant man, Mr. Dryden. But wait, listen to this. Men freely believe that which they desire. Someone else seems to have had the same idea. And he wasn't a 17th century English playwright. He was a Roman emperor named Julius Caesar. Proving once again that no man in any age has a monopoly on wisdom. Now, let's get on with our story.
3: Come in, Dorothea. Your chocolate, Mrs. Emory. Oh, good. Uh, Shall I light the fire in the fireplace? Yes, please. I think it's chilly enough for... Oh, Dorothea. Ma'am? You forgot the other cup again. I did. I told you to always bring two cups. Oh, it seems so silly. I'll decide what's similar. When it's just you to drink it. I've explained that to you, Dorothy, and more than once. I like to drink two cups of chocolate before retiring. And I don't like that icky sediment in the bottom of the cup. Uh, I'll try, Mrs. Emory. Um, now, if that's all. Or, or do you want me to go downstairs and fetch up another cup? Oh, no, no. Go to bed. Oh. Uh. Good night, Mrs. Emery. Good night, Dorothea. All right now, darling. Chocolate's all poured. Fire's lighted. Charles, everything's ready. Now come on, darling, or the chocolate will get cold.
0: Don't want any chocolate.
3: Oh, Charles, you love chocolate. You always love chocolate.
0: Tastes like mud.
3: But it's very good chocolate. You know what good chocolate Dorothea makes. Now, come on, Charles. Don't make me wait.
0: You want me?
3: Want you? Oh, Charles, how can you ever ask such a thing? Why, I go through the whole day thinking of you. All afternoon at the community chest, I think about you. My darling, it's, it's torture for me listening to those other women whose husbands are, are with them in their conventional way. I want to scream at them, but I have my... Charles, you silly females... Every night he comes to my bedroom and he's tall and handsome and brilliant and romantic and adorable and manly and and we sit and talk together and he's...
0: All right, Alice. That's enough.
3: There you are. Oh, Charles. Missed me? Oh, darling, the days are so terrible. I can't think of anything but this moment when we're together. But you know that, my dear. I tell you every single
0: night. I need to hear it, Alice. We who have more or less left this world can't come back unless we are wanted by someone who is still here. Wanted a lot. Otherwise, we can't make the trip, as it were. We can't even purchase a ticket, so to speak, unless we have a destination that is vibrant with love and need and desire.
3: But I love you and I need you. I desire you. You should know that, Charles.
0: Well, it doesn't hurt to hear it.
3: Here's your chocolate. Try it.
0: I don't want it. Oh, Charles. The longer we're away from this earth, Alice, the less we rely on our senses. The senses, in a manner of speaking, start to to fade. Mashed potatoes begin to taste like cold cream, coffee tastes like iodine, and this chocolate tastes like mud. They tell me this is quite normal.
3: Charles. When you say, they, they tell you this and they tell you that, you mean...
0: I mean them, of course. All those.
3: The ones up there?
0: It isn't up there, Alice. And it isn't down there, either.
3: Well, where is it?
0: It's simply there. Meaning not here. Heaven, I thought you knew that.
3: Are there a lot of... Of them.
0: Of course there are a lot of them. It's all
3: so vast,
0: so endless, and so damnably peaceful.
3: I know what it is to be lonely, Charles. This big house, I couldn't bear to move out of it after you weren't here all the time, because I couldn't leave the place where you and I had spent so many happy years together.
0: Why don't you ask someone to move in with you? Move in? Move in. Why, I
3: I never thought.
0: Such a large house. You could have separate quarters. You wouldn't be forever bumping into each other.
3: But who would want to move in? Who would I want to move in?
0: Oh, some old good friend.
3: Well, like who, Charles?
0: Oh, someone like Connie, maybe. Connie Lawrence.
3: Connie Lawrence. Well, I've certainly known her long enough. We were roommates at school. What well, do you think she'd want to?
0: She'll jump at the chance, would be my guess. She
3: still lives in that tiny one-room apartment. I, I know she's saving for her retirement. And where the pay school teachers get in this town. Charles? I'll call her tomorrow. She gets home from school at 3. <laughs> Come in, Dorothea. Your breakfast, Mrs. Emery. Thank you. Um, You don't want two cups in the morning, do you? Oh, no. <laughs> no. Coffee doesn't leave that icky stuff the way chocolate does. Actually, I think I won't have chocolate at night anymore, Dorothea. I feel like trying something else. But two cups, just the same, don't forget. Yes, ma'am. Do- don't go just yet, Dorothea. I want to talk to you about something. Sit down, won't you? Oh, yes, ma'am. Dorothy, Uh, do you find the work too hard in this big house? No, ma'am. Well, we used to have a houseman and an upstairs maid and a cook. Oh, I have no complaints, Mrs. Emery, if you don't. Oh, I don't. This is the only job I've ever had. I've worked here for 22 years. I was so fond of both you and, and Mr. Emery right from the start, and I still am of you, and... Oh, goodness knows, I practically worship this house. It's so beautiful. I love taking care of it, and I love living in it. Do you still have that little room on the third floor in the back? Oh, I love that little room, Mrs. Emery. I can look out and see the garden. I was thinking, why couldn't we give you all the other rooms as well? The rooms the other servants used to have. All of them? Or why couldn't we knock out the partition between your room and what used to be the cook's room? I'd have... I'd have two windows. And make one of the other rooms into a really big dressing room. Oh. And maybe put in some kind of a kitchen for you with a hot plate and a refrigerator. Oh. Mrs. Emmy, I... Never thought I... I never imagined in my wildest dreams. No, no. (laughs) It's all settled. Oh. I'm going to stay right here in bed all morning and make plans. I don't know... How to thank you, Mrs. Emery? <laughs> Don't try. It's my pleasure. I just hope I deserve all this of... Oh, Before I forget, Dorothea, oh, yes. that, last night while I was drinking your lovely chocolate, an idea came to me. You and I are, are rattling around in this big house. Oh, we certainly are. And I was wondering, well, how would it be if we invited Miss Lawrence to stay with us? Miss Constance Lawrence? Do you remember her? Isn't she the one who teaches school? Used to come to dinner once in a while. And after she'd help Mr. Emory with the double cross stick? <laughs> That's Connie. Oh. I thought we could open up the two big rooms on this floor in the back. In that way, she and I would have separate quarters and not be, you know, bumping into each other all the time. Of course, I, I imagine she'd expect to take care of her own room. Oh, I wouldn't mind. Let's do more rooms. You wouldn't mind cooking for her? Oh, what's one more person to cook for nothing? Oh. Well, then, it's all settled. My goodness. The house will be kind of lively again. Almost like before. Not quite, of course, but... Well, you know what I mean. I know what you mean, Dorothea. <laughs> it will be uh, more lively. <laughs> Take my coat off, will you? Then I'll scratch your head for you. Oh, dear. You're just going to have to wait. I'm sorry, Goldie. Hello?
4: Connie, this
3: is Alice Emery. Alice, how are you? Long time no see. (laughs)
4: Well, I don't get out a great
3: deal. Maybe we could have dinner some evening. Would you like to come here? Well, I, I thought you might like to come here. Well, if you'd rather... Heaven knows your dinners are better than mine. Connie, I want you to come here for good. I mean to live. To live? To live with you? Why not? We've known each other practically all our lives, and I've got this huge house. I've got here to look after us. You could have your own quarters overlooking the garden. We live quite independently since I'm in the front, and you're at school till three, and by the time you get home, I'll be at the community chest. We'll just meet for dinner. Maybe have a little nip together first. Oh, Connie, say you will. Oh, Alice, I don't know. I, I've i lived here for so long. That tiny little place. High time you got out of it. But I'm used to it. And then there's Goldie. You know, my canary. Bring Goldie with you. We'll find a nice sunny window. Alice, it, it's all very tempting, but... I don't know. Think about having two big rooms and vegetables out of the garden and being waited on. And Connie, think of the money you'll say. Well, yes, but all the same. You've just got to say yes, Connie. Take the afternoon to think about it and call me back. I will, Alice. I'll call you soon. Fine. Bye. Bye, Alice. (coughs) Oh, dear. It all sounds so... Luxurious two
2: rooms
4: and fresh vegetables with somewhere to cook for. I'm really focused on using all the tools I can so that we spend every second possible on product. Brex simplifies how I manage my cash flow, which really allows me to focus on building our community and creating better products for our customers. For me, but I can't
1: leave
4: this little place. I can't
3: give up my afternoons. Why, well, I couldn't live without my afternoons. I, I know this place is small and dark and furniture is dingy and the bathroom is old-fashioned. But well, we've never minded, have we, dearest? Have we? It's
0: a very small place, Connie.
3: But if I'm over into Alice's house, I might lose you forever. You might never come to visit me again and all my lovely afternoons will be really over.
0: You're not to worry, Connie.
3: You mean we can go on as we always have?
0: Only we'll have more room.
3: Well, if you say so. Trust me, Connie. Oh, I do trust you, Charlie. Haven't I always trusted you? All these years. <laughs>
0: Flesh may be weak, but the spirit of Charles or Charlie is very, very willing. Also very inventive and very persuasive. Ah, oh, well, there's nothing like the love of a good woman. Unless it's the love of two good women. We'll come back in a bit for Act Two. <coughs> Come back to our story. We seem to have uncovered a triangle here Connie, Alice, and Charles, or Charlie, as Connie calls him. And the apex of the triangle is naturally, uh, if you will pardon my chauvinism, the man. Listen now to the second act of The Ghost at the Gate.
3: What a lovely dinner that was, Alice! <laughs> was it, Connie? It was a wine that made everything taste so good. <laughs> Whatever gave you the idea of bringing home a bottle of wine? Alice, it's the first anniversary of me moving in here. Don't you realize? I've been here a month. Well, for heaven's sake. Why, it seems like a week. Or it seems like you've always lived here. I don't know which. It has worked <laughs> out, hasn't it? Has it ever worked out? I was so afraid it wouldn't. You know what? It's meeting just for dinner that's done it leading separate lives except for dinner. Connie, let's have wine every night. This wine. What kind is it? I can't quite make out what the label says. Oh, it's in French. Oh, so never mind. It's got a picture of a house on it. If it's French, it's a chateau. I didn't know that. You're very clever, Alice. (laughs) Save the label and I'll order a case of it. Must be really nice to have money. I've always found it to be nice. I guess money is about the nicest thing in the world. Money isn't. Love is. Oh, yes. First comes love. Friends come second. Then money. How about friends who have money? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Connie, you're very witty tonight. So are you, Alice. (laughs) Witty and profound. (laughs) Seriously, though, Connie, you have been happy here, haven't you? Oh, Alice, my beautiful room. The marvelous food. Having Dorothea to make my bed and clean up, it's heavenly. <laughs> You're stuck with me. Oh, I am so glad, Connie. You can't imagine how glad. Is there any more of that wine? More than <laughs> half a bottle. Oh, good. Let's <laughs> Mrs. Emery. What? Oh, Dorothea. What is it? It's after 9 o'clock, Mrs. Emery. <laughs> you don't say. I was wondering, should I bring your clear consomme upstairs to you? What clear consomme? Well, Mrs. Emery, we talked about it last night. Remember when you decided to give up the chocolate, and then we tried apple juice and prune juice and lemonade, and last night you said clear consomme because it has a nice aroma? I did say that, didn't I? Uh Uh-huh. What time did you say it was? Quarter past nine. My goodness. What's the matter, Alice? Past time. Past my bedtime. You want the consomme? Oh, to heck with the consomme. I'll take the wine. You don't mind, do you, Connie? Why, no, Alice. Oh, let me have your glass, too, all right? Sure, Alice. I've got my glass, Connie. Forgive me for eating and running. Alice, it's your house. <laughs> I simply didn't realize the time. A quarter past nine. Ever. She'd better not drink any more of that wine. She's not used to it. Neither am I. Only oh, tonight we were celebrating my being here a month. hmm Why did she want two glasses, Dorothea? Oh, she always wants two.
4: Two cups, two bowls, two glasses.
3: One of her little ways. (laughs) But tonight she took my glass. Do you suppose she wants me to join her? I wouldn't know, Miss Lawrence. Maybe. Maybe she's always expected me to join her after dinner, only she didn't Mm -hmm. want to suggest it. When I moved in here, we agreed that we'd lead absolutely independent lives, not get in each other's way. We've been very careful about that. Going to our separate rooms after dinner. (laughs) Maybe all this time she was hoping I'd stop by her room on my way to my room. And I never noticed Dorothea. That must be it. I wouldn't really know. I never guessed. Oh, how self-centered. How insensitive. I'll never forgive myself. I'm going up there right now and apologize. Can I clear the table now? Do whatever you like. She's got to forgive me. That's all there is to it. Dear, sweet, generous Alice. She'll understand. No, I didn't mean to hurt her feelings. Alice? May I come in? Come on, darling. Have
1: some wine. Alice? Yes, okay. Connie and I had it for dinner. We just
3: loved it. Try it, Charles. Charles? Mm. Not at all bad. Nice bouquet. Charlie! Charlie! Where did you come from, Connie? You never told me. How could you, Charlie? Charlie?
0: Just give me a moment and I'll explain everything. But I need a moment to think. Then I'll explain.
3: What did you think of Charlie's explanation? I've heard it all before. How oh, he needs lots of love to make the trip from there to here. He always needed a lot of love, even when he was just here. Well, he got a lot. Did he really spend all those afternoons with you? I mean, before he left here and went there? Five afternoons a week. Alice, do you hate me? I should. I know, but do you? I guess I do when it comes right down to it. I'll move out. I'll move back to my one room. But I don't want you to move out. Oh, we were having such a good time. Remember how we were laughing and carrying on at dinner? I haven't laughed like that in years and years. Could have been the wine. There's half a bottle left. Should we? Let's. You don't think we'll turn into a couple of alcoholics, do you? Not on half a bottle of wine. Like what wine? (laughs) Well, here's to... To what? Here's to Charles. Charlie, I feel as if I've just buried him, said goodbye forever. Did he really come to see you five afternoons a week, Connie, at three o'clock? You see, my school and his bank let out at the same time. It was practically inevitable. Charlie was a no-good man. He still is. Only now he's a a, a, a no-good ghost. Oh, Alice. <laughs> There's enough wine left for a glass apiece. Fill her up.
1: Hold out your glass.
3: All that stuff about needing to be loved and wanted or he couldn't make the trip. Remember what we were saying at dinner, Connie, about love being the most important thing? I've always believed that. And friends being the second most important thing? Especially friends like you, Alice. And like you, Connie. I feel closer to you right now than I've ever felt to anybody. My mother, my father, my... We've been through a lot, Connie. Just in the last half hour. And yet we're still friends. Isn't that amazing? Truly remarkable. It must mean something. Something very profound. Like what? Like, well, like there are times in a person's life when love isn't the most important thing. Friends are. A friend. Yes.
4: Stupid ghost.
3: Silly, pompous ghost. You believe in ghosts? Certainly not. Neither do I. Never have. Except Charlie, of course. Why should Charlie be an exception? He is for you, too, Alice. You know he is. Tell me something. Why do you believe in him? Because. Why? I want to. That's why I believe in him, too. Is that wrong? Not wrong, but you've got to stop, and I've got to stop we can't have him visiting you in the back of the house from 3 to 6 and then coming to see me in the front of the house from 9 to 12. Now that we know. It wouldn't be nice. Well, we couldn't be friends anymore. Oh, Alice. But if we don't believe in him, if we don't, or don't desire him, then he'll have to go back there and stay there. He won't be able to come here anymore. He can't make the trip. Connie, can you do it? Stop wanting him? Yes. Of course I can. Why, I'm having a wonderful time. I don't need him. Neither do I. We'll be better off without him. We'll be free, Connie. Liberated women. Let's drink to that. Right you are. Bottoms up. (laughs)
0: Courage lies in the bottom of a glass. Courage for the shy, the lonely, the frightened, the frustrated, and for the two elderly ladies determined to forget a ghost. We'll return shortly with Act Three. and Connie are bravely resolved to forget the man both had loved so long. But what of him? Poor, lonely, unloved ghost. Doomed to live on forever in the there. Banished forever from the here. What of him? Connie Connie. Speak to me, Connie.
3: That's my sweet Goldie. That's my lovely bird. Happy to see me, sweetheart?
0: Connie. I know you're here.
3: I'm here, Charlie, but you're not.
0: I am so.
3: I don't believe in you anymore.
0: You do, too.
3: And I don't love you or want you. So there.
0: Connie you are being very cruel
3: i expect i am
0: if you don't believe me why are you talking to me
3: don't try to confuse things charlie
0: answer my question why are you talking to me if you don't believe in me
3: go with me. tell that ghost to go away how did it go today connie Oh, he was around. I could hear him. What did he want? The usual. loved. To be wanted. I told him no more of that. You had a conversation with him? Not much of a one. You haven't stopped believing. Have you stopped, Alice? I think so. You haven't. If you'd stopped, you wouldn't say, I think so. You'd know. Oh, Connie, how can I know? Mrs. Emery? What is it, Dorothea? Do you want clear consommé in your room tonight or what? Nothing. Not anything? Not a thing. Oh, well, all right. Um, I had it already, but... uh... That ought to show him, don't you think, Connie?
0: Alice. It's Charles. It's Charles, Alice delicious surprise do you have for me tonight? Orange crush? Pomegranate juice?
3: Not a blessed thing, Charles. Ah,
0: you spoke.
3: I didn't mean to.
0: But you did. How beautiful to hear your voice.
3: Uh, Don't tell me that old malarkey, Charles.
0: Malarkey? I never thought I'd hear my wife use a word like that.
3: I'm not your wife. I'm your widow. And I'm using a lot of words I never used before.
0: Alice, say you love me still. I can't make the trip unless you love me. I
3: loved you for 35 years.
0: Alice, I'm facing eternity. What's 35 years?
3: Maybe not much there where you are. But it's a long time here. Now I'm going to turn off the light and go to sleep. talking to him before I could stop myself. The same with me. But he couldn't complete the trip because I wouldn't say I loved him. Same here. And I really don't think I do love him, Connie. I think I just got into the habit. Me too. What does he want to hang around for? I can't imagine. Must be so beautiful there where he is. Why should he want to come here? He says it's very peaceful there. Sounds heavenly. Not much like here, Alice. That's why he keeps coming back. He can't stand the peacefulness. He isn't having any fun. I bet you're right. No worries, no troubles, no arguments, no problems. (laughs) He can't stand it. That's the way he was when he was here. That's why he took up with me. Why else would he want to have a clandestine affair in the afternoon with a middle-aged schoolteacher when he had a wonderful wife like you? He was bored. He wanted a little excitement. He still wants it. Funny. I always thought people changed when they left this terrible world. I guess they don't. I hope I change. I'd hate to go on the same way for, for eternity. Being petty and jealous and suspicious. Oh, no. Well, how can it be so peaceful there, if everyone's the same as they were here? Maybe. Maybe the others don't stay the same. Maybe they accept all that eternal peace and enjoy it. In the meantime, Connie, While we're still here. We have a problem that must be dealt with. Let's face it, neither of us has stopped believing in Charles completely. Alice, I don't know if I'll ever be able to stop completely. Maybe there'll always be some little corner of my mind that goes on believing that Charlie is here. It's the same with me. And as long as we both have that last little shred of belief, he will be here. Wandering around the house making bleating noises. But we won't answer it. We've got to be strong. Use firm measures. But what? Like... Like rejecting him utterly. How do we do that? I have two rooms in the front of the house. Two big rooms with a big bath between. Would you consider taking one of them? Why, I... Uh... That would be what I call rejecting him utterly. He'd never try to visit one of us if the other one was there. Could I bring Goldie? Of course you can bring Goldie. I'll get a canary too. Of the opposite sex. You'll hear some real singing then, all right. (laughs) Let's skip to this. Let's go upstairs now and look at the room and you can decide what furniture you want to keep and which you want to get rid of. So terribly exciting. Oh, Alice, I don't want to be dead for a long time. The desk between the windows and the chair here. we take out the love seat. And that'll leave room for the bed. What do you think, Connie? I think it's perfect. Now, what color do you want the walls painted? Uh, blue. Blue? Really? (laughs) I'd have thought with your dark hair you'd have wanted pink or yellow. Blue's such a nice background for Goldie. I'll tell you a secret, Alice. My hair is dyed this color.
0: Alice. Alice. Listen to
3: him. He sounds miserable. I expect he is. You really dye your hair, Connie? Do it myself. Want me to? I'll show you how. I wonder why I ever let myself go gray. You'd look lovely. Sort of a pale ash blonde. Pale ash blonde. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Connie. Connie. Where are you, my darling? Poor old thing. Don't you give in. Oh, I won't. I won't. Be strong. Oh, I will. I swear. Connie. Now, you said blue for the walls. Now, what shade of blue? marine, turquoise, robin's egg? Turquoise. Good. And we'll put white crisscross curtains at the windows. With turquoise chinax. right. And we'll get a turquoise and white spread for the bed. Beautiful. Could I possibly have a white rug? A white shag rug. Why not?
1: Alice.
3: Connie. Somebody. Do you mean to sit there and tell me you didn't even take one peek at your new room? I wanted to wait till you got home from community chairs. Well, right after dinner we'll look at it together. What if the color is wrong? The painter showed me a sample. Pure (laughs) test-wise. We'll eat fast. I can't wait to see it. Dorothy had the bed moved in. Oh, Connie. I hope we'll get along as well as we've been getting along. After you move in. We will. We will. And Charlie will go back there and settle down. He'll be much better off. He'll thank us. If I know Charles, he won't. (laughs) Well, if you don't know him, I don't know who does. Unless it's you, you know you're right there, Connie. <laughs> I had a thought. What if I went to the community chest in the morning instead of the afternoon? That way, when you get through school, we could do things like, like go to the movies, oh, Atlas, for <laughs> fun. And you know what else? Weekends, we could take a train into the city and see a play. Or a concert. Or go to a museum. Oh, Alice! All those things I've been wanting to do, only I didn't want to do them alone. And you know what else? You mean there's more? Well, you have that two months off in the summer. We could go to Europe. Europe? I'll pay, of course. I don't argue. I'm your rich friend, so I'll pay. Alice, say it again. We're doing the right thing by Charlie, aren't we? Charles must stop being a ghost and settle down. And be happy. He will be happy, won't he? Charles will be happy there in whatever way they are happy there. Just as we will be happy here. I dare say the ways are different, but to each his own. Isn't that the expression? Oh, (laughs) Alice, you do have a way of making everything sound simple. It is simple. If you stare the facts in the face and don't waver... I hope we're not being selfish. We're being realistic, that's all. Sometimes realistic and selfish look like the same thing, but they're not. Finished your coffee? Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Then guess what we're going to do? Go look at my new room. Yes, only wait a minute. Dorothea, I simply can't wait to see it. Yes, Mrs. Emery? You know that case of French wine I ordered? Did it come? The one with the picture of the chateau on the label? It came last week. Well, will you uncork a bottle and bring it upstairs to my suite? To our suite. Oh, Alice. And two glasses. Yes, Mrs. Emery. Connie, you and I are going to drink to a brand new life. Three new lives. Yours, mine, and his. Come along. Oh, good. The wine's arrived. Just have it down here, Dorothea. Yes, ma'am. Dorothea, Miss Lawrence, and I have decided to go to Europe for two months this summer. Oh. So you'll have a good long vacation instead of your usual two weeks. Full salary, of course. You're free to go where you like, or, or you can stay here. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Henry. uh I don't know where I'd go exactly. Well, suit yourself. Pour the wine, Connie. Will, uh, that be all for this evening? That'll be all. Uh, then I'll say goodnight to you both. Goodnight. Sleep well, Dorothea. Thank you.
2: Two whole months.
3: They'll be gone two whole months. What'll I do with myself?
0: Dorothea? Where would I go? Dorothea? What would I do if I stayed here in an empty house? Dorothea, can't you hear me? I'd be all
4: by myself.
0: No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. If
3: there were just somebody...
0: There he is. There he is. If you'd only listen.
4: Somebody like... uh, Like him.
0: There is me, Dorothea. Oh, Dorothea, hear me.
3: But he's gone.
0: Believe in me.
3: Never to return
0: love me, want me.
3: And I loved him
2: so.
0: Dorothea, listen.
2: And I still do. Oh, I love him still.
0: Dorothea, look at me.
2: Why, Mr. Henry.
0: I thought you'd never notice.
2: Have you, have you been here long?
3: too long. I'm so surprised. I thought I'd never see you again. Ever. Well, now you do. It's like a a miracle had been performed. A lot of good
0: hard work is more like it.
3: I've never forgotten you. Really? I... Well, I know it was just that one weekend when Mrs. Henry went to her 25th college reunion, but I've Never forgotten. That
0: that was quite some time ago.
3: I was younger then, of course.
0: You haven't changed, Dorothea. Not an iota.
3: Oh?
0: Still fresh, plump, and and adorable.
2: Oh, you mean that?
0: I've never meant anything so much in my life. Or since. Dorothea, could you love me...
2: Oh, but I I do love you, Mr. Emery. You do? I've never loved anyone else. Not since that weekend. You came up to my room on the third floor, don't you remember?
0: That tiny little room. Yes, I do remember.
2: Oh. (laughs) Um... You're going to be around for a while?
0: For a long while, Dorothea. Practically indefinitely.
2: Will you be here this summer?
0: This summer? And this fall? And all next winter and next year? For as long as you want me, Dorothea? Oh.
2: Come
0: on. Let's go up to the third floor.
2: Mr. Emery. Could I ask you something first?
0: Anything, Dorothea. Anything.
2: Do you mind if I call you
3: Chuck?
0: Of course I don't mind.
3: (laughs) Then come on, Chuck. Follow me.
0: I'm right behind you, Dolly. Right behind you. Charles continues his mad pursuit of life after death. And I, for one, wish him the best of luck. And the best of luck to Connie and Alice with their new hairdos and their new pantsuits. Good luck to them all. Good luck to all of us. It's what we need the most. I'll be back shortly. You enjoyed our little ghost story. It wasn't meant to be taken too seriously. His life isn't meant to be taken too seriously. Or, for that matter, death. Don't you agree? Our cast included Beatrice Strait, Paula Truman, Joan Loring, and John Barragrave. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Prometheus, O oh fire bringer, give our friend a sign, a sign, O oh fire bringer, a sign. Oh, what? The legend comes oh, fire. Uh, drop it, oh, Johnson. It. Drop it. Ah, fear it. not, fear not. We are all safe. None of us has sensed this. I now call upon Prometheus. For another sign. A sign directly for me. Watch now, Casey. Watch. You see, Casey, (laughs) the man's a sheet of flame. He he should be burned alive. But he'll emerge unharmed when the flames die down. It's a miracle, Casey. It's impressive. But I don't believe in miracles. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by the Kellogg Company, makers of Kellogg's Special K cereal. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time. Pleasant dreams. The KIXI CBS Mystery Theater was brought to you in part. By your friendly trade well store. E.G. Marshall. Welcome to our world of mystery and the macabre. Sit back and lend us your fears. Have you ever seen a ghost? It is an experience of such horror as to turn your blood to ice. Oh, I know, I know, there are those who scoff, but they have never met a ghost. Our mystery drama, The Ghost Driver, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by George Lothar and stars Augusta Dabney and Mason Adams. It is sponsored in part by Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, Brewers of Budweiser, and by the Kellogg Company, makers of Kellogg's Special K cereal. I'll be back shortly with Act One. out doesn't think so. But his wife Liz feels differently. If it had been up to Liz, they'd never have bought Gormley Lodge on top of Manitou Mountain in Colorado. Why? Because according to a local legend, the former owners, the Putnams, had been sent crashing to their death by a ghost driver who came at them head on. Now, in the living room of the lodge. Liz, I've had it up to here with that brother of yours. Oh, now, I mean, now. he promised to help finish painting his living room before the Duncans arrived tonight, and where is he? Mary. I'll tell you where he is. He is out on the slope skiing, enjoying himself as usual. Well, do you just be reasonable. Now, if we didn't have Rory, where would we get a
3: ski instructor? I'd like to know. We certainly can't afford to hire one any more than we could afford to have this place painted.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. It's just that I've got so darn much on my mind... Liz, I I just hope that I haven't made the mistake of my life and yours. We'll make a go of the lodge. We're off to a pretty good start. The Hmm.
3: Duncans arrive tonight, and they're booked for a full week. And the Todds and the Morgans arrive next week.
0: Yeah, and after that?
3: Well, darling, our newspaper ads ought to get us more customers. Just ask yourself, darling, what would you rather be doing now? Painting the living room of your own ski lodge with paying guests arriving tonight? Or slaving away at your old accounting job in Aston?
0: Well, at least that brought a check in every week. Oh,
3: now, You've wanted to be your own boss for years. And so we bought this old mansion on top of Manitou Mountain to start our own ski lodge. The old Gormley Mansion. And we're gonna keep at it until we make a success
0: of it. <laughs> Liz, you're marvelous.
3: Oh, there's somebody at the front door.
4: I'll get it. Oh. Oh, Mrs. Gormley. I'm coming to pay you a visit, Miss Stout. My first formal visit. Well, that's very good of you, Mrs. Gormley. Uh, Well, won't you come in? All right, Jason. You heard the lady. Wheel me in. Yes,
3: Mother.
4: You know my son, Jason. (laughs) You've met? Yes. Yes, briefly. Mel? The Gormleys have come to pay a visit.
0: I see you, Mrs. Gormley. Jason, I uh, hope you don't mind if I finish this painting.
4: Oh, go right ahead. I'd give you a hand, old as I am, but my arthritis keeps me in this wheelchair. Jason, why no, don't you? No thanks. I couldn't think of asking a fine arts painter to. Fine do... arts. You hear that, Jason? Mister Stout complimented you. Call the mountain scenes you paint fine arts. Well, they are. Well, I saw some of them in the ski shop in town. They're very good. Do you sell many? A few. Oh, just enough to cover the cost of the paint and canvas. Oh, yes, and a quart of whiskey now and then. Mother, please. Well, now, if they don't hear it from me, Jason, they'll hear it from others. a well, drink now and then. Now and then. Tell the stouts how you play Russian roulette with that old revolver of your father's when you're drunk. Stop it, Mother, stop oh, it. perhaps you'd like some coffee, Mrs. Gormley, or, or tea. It won't take a minute. No, 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 thank you. We won't be here that long. Now, I've come to do for you what I did for the Putnams. Them that bought my house out from under me three years ago. Out from under you? Mrs. Gormley, are you saying that that we have done that? Forced you out of your house? Well, haven't you? Oh, it's not your fault. Jason's father left us destitute. Left me destitute, I should say. With a son too lazy to support his old mother. So I had to sell this beautiful place. Mother, the Stouts aren't interested in all this past history. Well, they'd better be if they value their lives. Value our lives? Well, Mr. Halliday didn't tell you, of course. Tell us what? About how the Putnams met their death? Why, yes. The real estate man told us about the accident. That was no accident. No more than my husband's death was an accident. He
0: died in the same way? His car crashed off the bridge into the gorge?
4: Right. 800 feet down into the gorge to the rocks 800 feet below. But no accident. Suicide. The Putnams didn't commit suicide. Not them. My husband, Jason Senior... Raving, drunk, and suicidal, but this was no accident either, the Putnams. He drove them off that bridge. Who? My husband?
0: Now, wait a minute, Mrs. Gormley. If your husband was dead... Hi. Hi I'm back. Oh, sure. Naturally, Rory. Now, the painting job is nearly done. Oh, now, don't get uptight, Mel. I I just didn't remember it till I was out on the slopes. Hi, Mrs. Gormley. Jason. Uh, Paying a little social call? Anything but social. Mrs.
3: Gormley, are you saying that your husband, even though he was dead,
4: somehow killed the Putnams?
0: Liz, come on now.
4: All right, I'll tell you. After my husband's death, when I realized I'd been left penniless, that I'd have to sell this place, I fell into a state of depression. When the Putnams bought Gormley Lodge, well, they were going to use it as a winter home, not turn it into a ski resort like you. When they bought it and I had to move into the little guest house, I was so sad I thought I'd die. For days and days I sat and wept and... And then, in one night, my husband come to me. Your husband? You dreamed? It was no dream. Oh, it was my husband.
0: His ghost. Oh, for the love
4: A- Worry, stood at the foot of my bed. And he begged my forgiveness for leaving me a pauper and breaking my heart. And he said, Jessica, I promise you'll live in Gormley House again. And then he he vanished. The very next night, the Putnams crashed through the bridge over Gormley Gorge. Well, accidents do happen. It was no accident. Now, the real estate man didn't tell you the whole story. Mrs. Putnam lived long enough to tell just what had happened. Well, you can ask the sheriff. The Putnams didn't go off the bridge by accident. They were driven off it. Forced to swerve off it by an oncoming car. A car driven by a skeleton. (laughs) Good heavens. That's what I wanted to tell you. And now you know.
0: Good day. Well, what kind of a put on is this? She's trying to scare us out of here. I'm trying to save your lives. You're trying to get back into this house. That's what you're doing, just the way you moved back after the Putnams got killed and lived here a full three years until now.
3: Laurie, well, have some respect.
0: Respect? For no way. She may be old, but she's as shrewd as they come. She frightens you off, then moves back in again and stays until some other sucker comes I along. I warn you, just you're... let us know when your husband's ghost shows up again.
4: It did. What? last night.
0: Oh, man, this is the neatest rip-off. i Shut up, a... Roy, will
4: you... Your husband's ghost last night? Yes, and he used the same words, Jessica, I promise you'll live in Gormley Lodge again. Oh, I beg you, listen to me. The Putnam's wouldn't and went to their death. Oh,
0: Mrs. Gormley, you're really out of sight. You, you know... You...
4: So smart, you're so sure of yourself. you think he isn't watching and listening, my husband? Do you think he doesn't know how you insulted me? And do you think he'll not repay you? Oh yes. If people are to die this time too, you will be the first. Now be warned. Jason, feel me back. Be warned. Laurie, you shouldn't have
3: talked to Mrs. Gormley like that.
0: You didn't spring for that crazy story, did you? I don't know. I wonder. What, Liz?
3: Mel, call the sheriff. Find out if Mrs. Gormley's telling the truth. Oh,
0: come on, Liz. I look like a fool. Anyhow, I've got to finish this paint job.
2: What? Liz, you're not... I must find out.
0: Suit yourself. You always do.
3: Oh, Sheriff, uh, this is Elizabeth Stout calling. We're the new owners of Gormley House?
0: Oh, oh, yes. What can I do for you, Mrs.
3: Stout? Well, we just had a visit from Mrs. Gormley. Oh? What do you mean, oh?
0: Oh, nothing, Mrs. Stout, only (laughs) she can be a little hard to take. Getting
3: on in years. Yes, well, what I wanted to ask you, of course you remember the accident to the Putnams three years ago, crashing off the bridge over Gormley Gorge. Yes. Well, according to Mrs. Gormley, Mrs. Putnam lived long enough to tell you what had caused the accident. Is that so? Uh,
0: yes, it is.
2: And what did she tell you?
0: Well, now, Mrs. Stout, she was near death. Maybe out of her head was
3: pain and shock. What did she tell you, Sheriff? Did she tell you that they had been forced to swerve off the bridge because of another car that came straight at them? A car with a skeleton driving it?
1: Well, as I
0: said, she was out of her Did head. she? Yes, that's the story she told me.
3: Thank you. Goodbye. So? Mrs. Gormley told the truth.
0: Putting a woman was dying. Anybody in that condition is liable to say anything. I suppose. Now, look, just, just, just get off it, Liz. We put our life savings, every cent we've got in this place, and I'm not leaving, ghost or no ghost. Well, speaking of leaving, I'd better get on down and... Well, it's a bit early, isn't it? Or if you got some cute chick in town that you'd like to spend an hour or so with. <laughs> Mel, you put me away. Don't give me any ideas, Rory. Rory. Uh... This is some road, Rory. You drive it often? In the dark, I mean? A few times, Mr. Duncan.
3: Well, it's frightfully steep
2: and
0: curvy. Now, don't push the panic button, Mrs. Duncan. I'll get you to the top of Manitou Mountain safe enough. You'll be enjoying a hot toddy in front of the fireplace at Gormley Lodge before you know it.
2: Oh.
0: Uh, maybe, you, maybe you better slow down a little. Ah, it's okay. That was just a patch of loose shale. Oh. You much of a skier, Mr. Duncan? Oh, I do okay. My wife will need some lessons, though. I uh, take it Gormley Lodge has a pro. Oh, the best. Me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fine, fine. Uh, Say, this road is steep and curvy. Must be pretty spectacular. Views, I mean, in the daytime. It's
4: spectacular enough right now, what I can see in the headlights. We've
0: got some views, all right. Here's one, it's real cool, from the bridge over Gormley Gorge. (laughs) Steep? 800 feet straight down. Mm -hmm. It's too bad there isn't a moon tonight. I'd stop on the bridge and let you have a look.
2: What's that
0: sound? We're crossing the bridge now. A wooden bridge over Gormley Gorge, about 500 feet across. Hey, what's the... Lights of a car, coming fast. That damn fool is coming straight at us. Get over! A skeleton driving that car. Hey, we're going off the bridge! I'll be back shortly with Act Two. If you have the nerve to return, that is. (laughs) Terror, unless you have experienced it, is only a word. I could employ all the art at my command, my voice, the words I choose, to convey to you the full impact of terror, yet... I know I should fail, even as Michael Duncan fails now in telling his story to Sheriff Harper on the bridge over Gormley Gorge the next morning. Terror? You say you experience terror? What would you experience, Sheriff? Delight? Mr. Duncan, I'm only trying to get at what happened here last night. Excuse me, Sheriff. Yes, Mr. Stout, what is it? Will it be much longer before they get the the bodies up? Hard to say. Why? I'd like to get back to the lodge. My wife is alone, and you can imagine her condition after hearing of her brother's death. Say nothing of how it happened. Sure, sure, you go ahead. I'll let you know when you're needed to identify the bodies. I'm sorry about your brother-in-law, Mr. Stout, and the publicity. Publicity? This is the second time the ghost driver has struck. Ghost driver? And the news has got out. I hear they're sending reporters over from Aspen. That's great. That's just what I need. That'll end my ski resort business for good. Not that it ever got started. Uh, Wait a few minutes and I'll ride back up with you. Nothing I can do either till they recover Jill's body. Oh, yes, there is, Mr. Duncan. You can give me a full account. Now, look, Sheriff, I've told you all I know. We were driving across this bridge when we saw this other car coming straight at us. Stout's brother-in-law was driving. He swerved to avoid the oncoming car and went through the guardrail. In the split second between swerving and going through the rail, I left clear and saved myself. I wish I could say the same for that boy and... and Jill, my wife. About the skeleton at the wheel of the other car... Why do you keep harping on that? Because it's something to harp on. If you saw a skeleton driving that car... I didn't. You said... I know what I said, but... Well, I've got to be wrong. I couldn't have seen what I thought I did. Why not? Because I don't believe in skeletons driving cars. I don't believe in ghosts. Now, take it easy, Mr. Duncan. All I'm after is a complete report. The facts. All you're after is the publicity you're going to get out of this. Put you on the map, won't it, Sheriff? Why, you might even get a job in one of the big Colorado ski resorts like Aspen or Vail. That'll be enough, Mr. Duncan. You can go. I'll phone the lodge when I need you.
3: Gormley. Well, invite me in, Miss Doubt. Oh, y- yes, of, of course. Uh, yeah. I'm
4: well, I'm surprised to see that you're not in a wheelchair. Oh, it depends on how bad my arthritis kicks up. Sometimes I can walk with a cane, like right now. I see. Is your husband home? No, he's down at the bridge with Mr. Duncan. Oh, the fella whose wife got killed, huh? Yes, well, I'm sorry about that. Sorry about your brother, too. Even though he asked for it. Mrs. Gormay, I, 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 I... Your I brother's just can't dead because he wouldn't listen. He wouldn't heed my warning. Now you listen, child. You heed my warning. Make your husband listen and take warning, too. You leave this place. Leave it today. Don't think
3: I wouldn't. We wouldn't if we could. But we can't.
4: Oh, our savings are tied up at Gormley Lodge. listen to me, listen. Now, my dead husband came to me again last night. And he promised me again I'd return to this house. You love this old house, don't you? Well, it was my life. You're a woman, you understand how that is. Yes. I came here a bride 40 years ago. Jason, Senior, that is. He was just starting his career as a painter. Jason, my son, was born here. There was another child, a little girl. She died here. Now, this house isn't made of wood and stone. I'm
3: sorry. I'm so sorry.
4: Oh.
3: Oh, I think they've come back. Yes. My husband and Mr. Duncan are back, and I'll go then. Oh, well, Mrs. Gormley, I'm going to put some
4: coffee on. You stay. Have a cup. No. I can't bear to go on looking at people who I know are going to die.
0: What's this? Die? Who, who, who's going to die now?
4: You are, Mr. Stout. You and your wife. If you don't heed my warning and leave... As soon as possible.
0: Now, what's all this, Stout? Who is this woman? Jessica Gormley, own this place. Oh, the woman you told me about. The one who claims her husband's ghost visits her.
4: I don't just claim it. It's true. Who are you?
0: My name's Michael Duncan.
4: Oh, yes, yes. The one whose wife went to her death in the gorge last night. Well, you take my advice, too. You leave here. Leave as fast as you can.
0: How about a drink, Stout?
4: Oh, so you, too, won't listen. The ghost driver killed your wife last night, and yet you won't listen. Well, let me warn you once and for all. What was that? A A shot.
0: It was a gunshot.
2: Jason! Oh, it's happened. He's killed himself.
0: She's fallen. Liz, help her up and keep her here. Duncan, you come with me. (laughs) Come yeah mr south what do you want oh uh, you're okay jason we heard a gunshot what other well we've heard of you and your little games like russian roulette and we thought that, that you'd... i'd shot myself no such luck come in if you want to oh well, the uh, the gunshot we heard i fired it deliberately you fired that shot deliberately you ask a lot of questions for someone I haven't even met. It's Mike Duncan. He and his wife are to be my first guests. It was his wife who got killed last night. Oh. I'm sorry. How did you escape? Flung myself from the car just before it went through the guardrail. Well, you'd better keep an eye out for the old man's ghost. He'll be after you. And Mr. Gormley, I don't believe in ghosts. Now, why did you fire that revolver? What business is it? A... All right. I'll tell you. You will think it's nutty? I'm sure. I've been playing Russian roulette with this gun for years, ever since my father died. And I always win. Or lose, depending on how you look at it. And how do you look at it, Jason? I give it to you straight, Mr. Stout. I want to lose. For years now, I've picked up the gun like this. Oh, no, not every day. Maybe once a week. Once every other week. Whenever the mood comes on me, and I put it to my temple. Like this. Wait a minute. <laughs> Don't worry. Gun's empty. I haven't put in a fresh bullet yet. You see, the reason I deliberately fired that bullet I had in this gun was to find out if the thing was a dud. It wasn't. Too bad. May I shake your hand, Mr. Duncan? You're the first man I've ever met who says what he thinks. You want to kill yourself? Go ahead. <laughs> I like you. You do speak your mind. And now, gentlemen, if you'll excuse me, I've got to get back to this painting of mine. By the way, what do you think of it? Pretty lurid, isn't it? <laughs> That's just the right word for it, Mr. Stout. See? See? There's the car swerving and crashing through the bridge. The oncoming ghost car with the skeleton at the wheel. All in flaming color. I knock out one an hour. I slap a frame on it and I sell it in Manitou for 20 bucks. So excuse me, will you? Business is going to pick up. Thanks to last night. And I want to be ready to supply the demand. That's been a rough 24 hours, Miss Stout. It's a nice chair. Just right for sitting in front of a fire. (laughs) Cost you plenty, I'll bet.
3: Yes, plenty. But that isn't what I'm thinking about.
0: You're thinking about your brother and my wife lying in their coffins at the undertakers in Manitou.
3: Yes, and also that even a small village like Manitou has an undertaker.
0: Birth? Death, taxes. The only sureties in life, Mrs. Stout. Liz. Mike. I, uh... I like your husband. Me too. He told me about everything. About what getting this ski resort means to you. Your life savings invested, all that.
3: All down the drain, I'm afraid.
0: The publicity? What else? Every reservation's canceled. Well, all except one. But... That'll come in, too. It has, Liz. Yes? There it is. Please cancel my reservation for next week, Frank Norton. Has a family of four. Telegram phoned in from Aspen. Anybody got a sponge? Yes. A sponge. So I can throw it in. I'm through, Mike. Do you always give up this easy? What do you mean, easy? Just that. Do you always fade when the going gets tough? Or well, this is the time to start fighting. Does it make good sense to let all this go down the drain because somebody's playing a trick on you? A murderous trick? Do you think it's a trick? What else could it be? A skeleton driving a ghost car? What else but a trick? Well, what else? You were in that car last night. You saw. And it was a skeleton behind the wheel of the oncoming car. You told the sheriff that. You can still say that that... it was a trick, yes. What kind of trick? Damn it, Mike, you admit you saw a skeleton driving a car, but you can still call it a trick? Yeah, see, I see you don't answer. Look, Mel, I'm a practical man, a businessman. You think being a businessman is simple? Oh, no. I've had troubles that would make yours look like, like nothing. Today you won't find anybody more successful than me. But I've been bankrupt twice, yes, and paid off every cent. How? Well... Not by running away the way you want to, but by standing up and fighting. And that's what you've got to do right now. How? You tell me how and I'll do it. Oh, we'll, we'll do it together. I've got a stake in this too, you know. My wife is dead. Murdered, yes, murdered. Not by a ghost, but by a trick. And if it's the last thing I do, I'm going to find out who played that trick and make him pay. And you don't think it's a ghost. Do you? Answer me. Do you believe in ghosts? Did you believe before you came here and ran into this mess you're in? Well, no, I didn't. Then why start believing now? Huh. Ghosts my foot. Melis is a trick. Somebody wants to stop you from turning Gormley Lodge into a ski resort. And if you ask me, it's the Gormleys. One or the other or both is behind all this. Or that sheriff down in Manitou.
3: The sheriff? Oh, Mike, you don't really think that the I don't sheriff... know
0: what to think, Liz. All I know is that somebody's behind this, and those are the three likeliest suspects. Now, look, I'm, I'm no Sherlock Holmes, but I've got a brain, and I've got guts, and, and, well, my wife is dead, my, my Jill. Well, I, I'm just going to find out who killed her, that's all.
2: The tougher they are.
0: You like a drink, Mike? No, no, no thanks. I'll be okay. Especially when I nail that murderer. What, what have you got in mind? Well, it'll be dark in about an hour. We take the car, Mel. You and me. We take the car and we drive up and down that road. All night if necessary. To meet up with this so-called ghost driver. And when and if we meet up with him.
3: Yes. If and when you meet up with him. What?
0: We don't turn aside. We don't swerve out of his path and off the bridge. We drive straight at him and keep driving at him. If he's a ghost in a ghost car... We'll drive through him. And if he isn't? If he isn't? Well, if he isn't, it'll be one hell of a crash. You. You out there listening. What would you do? If you were Mel Stout, would you accept Mike Duncan's challenge? I'll be back shortly with Act Three. Ever see a beer drinker pour his beer real easy down the side of the glass? Maybe you do it yourself. If so, the Budweiser brewmaster thinks you're missing something. Especially if you're a Budweiser drinker. You see, Bud is brewed, so it will kick up a healthy head of foam. Exclusive beechwood aging and natural carbonation make it a lively brew. Well, anyway, pouring Bud plunk down the middle of the glass helps bring out the best in that clean, white Budweiser foam and real beer aroma. It also helps you get the full benefit of a taste, smoothness, and drinkability you'll find in no other beer at any price. Remember, brewing beer right does make a difference. Next time, pour that Budweiser right down the middle and see for yourself. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis. If you thought you couldn't afford to fly to California this summer, T-W-A has some good news for you. You can. Thanks to TWA's Demand Schedule Service, you can fly to California for only $125. Just make your reservations 90 days before you want to go and put down a $20 deposit for each way. For all the details, call your travel agent. TWA's Demand Schedule Service. Now you can afford to fly to California. the twisting, precipitous mountain road that leads to Gormley Lodge. One, Mike Duncan, believes that the ghost driver they hope to meet is nothing but a trick. Mel Stout, his life savings, every penny at stake, has had no choice but to go along. Mike, I'm bushed. Let's make this the last trip. Uh Uh-uh. We're going to drive up and down this road till dawn. Yes, and night after night if we have to. Until we meet up with our so-called ghost driver. This is the sixth time we've been up and down this mountain road. Okay. Pull over. I'll drive. Get out your side. I'll slip behind the wheel. Yeah. Hey, there's a car coming up behind us. Red light place. That must be the sheriff. There's the sheriff, all right. And this is Stout. Oh, And you, Mr. Duncan. What are you doing here, Sheriff? Well, that's what I want to ask you. I got a report from Mountain View House across the valley there that they were seeing headlights going up and down this road. Guess I don't have to tell you everybody around here is on edge after what happened last night. Now, what are you up to? We're not up to anything, Sheriff. We're driving this road in hopes of meeting up with whoever or whatever killed my wife and Mr. Stout's brother-in-law. Get yourselves killed in the bargain? Oh, no. You drive on up to Gormley Lodge, and when you get there, stay there. You make that sound like an order, Sheriff. That's what it is, Mr. Stout. Well, I, I guess we better do like he says, Mike. I don't think so. Oh, you don't? No, I don't. This is a public road. We've got a right to be on it, unless we're doing something that breaks the law, and we're not. You're a kind of troublemaker, Mr. Duncan, aren't you? Sheriff, I never go looking for trouble. But I know how to handle it when it comes my way. Now, either you arrest us for breaking some law or other, in which case you'd better be prepared to back it up or I'll sue the town of Manitou and you for false arrest, or get off our backs. I'm not on your backs. I'm trying to save your lives. Take my advice Advice, huh? I thought it was an order. All right, wise guy. Have it your way. Go ahead and get killed and... And be damned to you. All right. Let's go, Mel. You can sure sound tough, Mike. Well, no small town sheriff pushes me around. Well, he's only trying to do his job. Maybe. And maybe not. What do you mean? I don't know. But that's what we're going to find out tonight, tomorrow night, or whenever. Now, there's the bridge ahead. Yeah, maybe you better slow down. No, if it's a ghost, we'll go through it. If it isn't, Mike, headlights coming toward us. Now look, don't lose your nerve. Coming closer. We're gonna crash if you don't. Mike, driving that car—it's Rory, your brother-in-law. My God! Mike!
3: But Mel, Mike, I can't believe it.
0: Can't believe it myself, Liz. Not only what we saw, but getting out of it with our lives. The fates were with us, Mel. I I lost my nerve. I have to admit that. I just couldn't keep driving straight at that that awful thing coming toward us. I, I couldn't help myself. I, I swerved at the last second. Well, thank God we hit that stanchion instead of going off the bridge. But Rory driving the other
3: car. It's impossible. Rory's dead. We're burying him tomorrow
0: Rory's dead, that's for sure But it was Rory driving that car That's for sure, too Then...
3: Then ghosts do
0: exist?
3: Mel? Yes, huh? After the funeral tomorrow Let's get out of here Let's go away from this place as fast as we can
0: And go where? Oh, back to Aspen, of course. Liz, we're broke. We haven't enough dough left for a motel room. Where would we stay? How would we live? Uh, Mel, I, I I didn't know things were that bad for you. Putting this place back in shape cost me just about every penny I had. Well, look, uh, would a loan help? You, you'd you be willing to... Oh, sure. I, I like you two, and... Well, the way things turned out, we've gotten to know each other real fast. Practically friends. So... Well, if you can use a loan. That's
3: generous of you, well, Mike. It is,
0: it is generous of you, Mike, and I appreciate it, but. No, thanks. What'll you do? Do what you said I ought to do fight this thing. Liz? Mike? If you ever come east, be sure to look me up. We will, Mike. Yes, of course. You, you won't change your mind about the loan? can't. Would we'll only be putting off what's bound to happen. Unless... Unless what? Unless I can find the answer to what goes on here. There's something bothering me, something I feel that I saw somewhere but didn't pay much attention to at the time. Well, what about it, this, this something? It's just something that's bothering me, is all. Something that just could give me the answer to all of this. Hmm. Well... Good luck. You deserve it. Oh, there's the taxi that's going to take me to the airport. Goodbye, Liz.
3: Goodbye, Mike. Bye bye, Mike. And
0: thanks. Well, we'd we'd better get on back, Liz. Liz, are you coming?
3: Yes. Mel, you better know it now. No matter what you intend to do, I won't be staying. We've got to face the facts. Buying this place was a big mistake. I admit it now. But there's no sense in crying over spilt milk. What's done is done. So, darling, let's just turn our backs on it, walk away from it, and start
0: again. Start what again? The treadmill of office work? The dreary day-to-day monotony of auditing accounts, toting up figures. I can't bear to go back to that kind of life. I have got to make a go of this. I don't have any other choice. But is it worth your life?
3: Ghost or no ghost, Mel, it's killed four people. It would have been six if you and Mike Duncan hadn't been lucky enough to hit that stanchion. And it will be six if you insist on driving that road again tonight. Six? How how, how do you make it six? Six? Well, you don't think I'm going to let you do it alone, do you?
0: But at the funeral, you said that... You said that, that you weren't even going to stay.
3: Because I hoped that would change your mind. But it hasn't. So, you see, I have no choice either.
0: It's just like last night with Mike... From the top of the mountain down a Manitou, then back up again and again, and no sign of him.
3: But he did show, finally.
0: And Mike lost his nerves, swerved aside at the last second. Let's hope I don't lose mine. Will it matter? What do you mean?
3: Well, if you lose your nerve, we'll go off the bridge. If you don't, and the ghost car isn't a ghost car, we'll be killed in a crash.
0: If there is a crash, but there won't be.
3: You seem awfully sure of
2: that.
0: I am remember at the cemetery I told Mike there was something I had seen but hadn't paid any attention to? And that if I could only remember what it was, I'd have the answer to all of this? Yes. Well, it's come to me. Driving up and down the mountain tonight, it suddenly came to me. See, it wasn't something I'd seen. It was something I'd heard and paid no attention to. Something I knew but didn't realize what it meant. And if I'm right, Liz, if I'm right. What is it? What did you remember? We're on the bridge now. Let me concentrate on driving.
2: Mel, Mel, Mel! There it is, the ghost car. It's coming straight for us. Yes. And behind the wheel
0: driving it, it's Rory. Oh my God, it's Rory! Oh, we buried Rory. But then it's his ghost, Mel. Get your hands off the wheel. Mel, don't try to turn the wheel. Know, we're gonna crash, oh. Mel. Oh, Mel! This time he swerved and he went off the bridge just as I knew he would.
1: How? How did you
3: know?
0: Later, Liz. Right now we better get up to the lodge and phone the sheriff.
3: Oh. Oh. Come in, Mrs. Gormley. Meryl? Mrs. Gormley's here. Please, won't you sit down? Yeah, thank you.
0: Hello, Mrs. Gormley. I'm sorry about last night.
3: I'm not. Mrs. Gormley, Jason was your son. Oh, he was
4: the torment of my life. Every day I lived. Of course, I'm sorry he's dead, but... I can only be glad it's over for me.
0: Did you know that your son was the ghost driver?
4: I suspected... But I was never sure. You see, it was Jason who wanted to go on living here in this house far more than I did. Oh, you can understand. He was born here. He grew up here. Started his painting career here in a fine, big studio upstairs.
0: Tragic. Just tragic.
4: Even more tragic if it hadn't been for you. How did you come to know? What made you realize that my son was the ghost driver?
0: A gunshot.
4: A gunshot?
0: The shot he fired to see whether the bullet he used for playing Russian roulette was live or not.
4: Well, I don't, I don't follow
0: you. You see, something kept bugging me, Mrs. Gormley, but I, I couldn't nail it down because I kept thinking it was something that I'd seen But then suddenly I realized it wasn't something I'd seen, but something I'd heard. That gunshot. I I still don't... It it, it got me to thinking about Jason playing Russian roulette, playing with life and death. And that got me to thinking a step further. Sure, Russian roulette, only a fool or a would-be suicide would play it. But the fact remains that the odds are in his favor. Every time Jason spun the barrel of that gun and pulled the trigger... The chances were five to one against firing the
4: bullet. Oh, but, but what was the connection between that and, and the ghost driver?
0: Driving a car straight at another car is just another form of Russian roulette.
4: Ah, yes, I see. Well, Sheriff Harper came to see me, and he said Jason was wearing a mask mm. a paper
3: mache mask of your brother's face. Yes, and it wasn't a very good likeness of my brother. But it didn't have to be. It looked enough like him to fool you when you saw it under those awful conditions. The night and the headlights and, and the car coming straight at you. Fear did the rest.
0: There must be another mask, the skeleton face.
4: Oh, there is. We, we, we searched the studio and we found it, Sheriff Harper and me. Yeah, well, it's all over. Jason's at peace at last. God knows I soon shall be. Well, good day. Funny, though. What, Mrs. Gormley? Well, we've searched and we've searched. But we couldn't find a mask of my husband's face.
0: What made you think there was one?
4: Well, you see, when I heard about the masks, I thought it must have been Jason who came and stood at the foot of my bed. Not my husband's ghost. But if it wasn't Jason, who was it? What was it?
0: An interesting question. What was it indeed? I'll be back shortly. Included Augusta Dabney, Mason Adams, Mary Jane Higby, Norman Rose, Nick Pryor, and Leon Janney. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by new sugar-free Diet 7-Up. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. The preceding mystery theater.